What if this happens? What if this happens? And it's, what if that happens? Do we still have our family? Do we still have our love? Do we still have the skills that we've learned along the way to do something different? Yes, we do. So with that in the back of my mind constantly, what is there to be fearful of? Coming to you from the City Roses, this is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today we have Katie Allen coming on our podcast. Who's Katie? Well, she is someone who's actually supported our um, LashCon for many years. She's been a sponsor since 2019. She's an OG, but she also has a company called Beautiful Wands. On top of that, well, first we'll just talk about that. That is something that's really changed over the years since we first met her, and we talk about that on the podcast. But she owns that company, which is a product company, and also helps provide a service like white labeling for companies. As well, she also has a podcast now called Help Is On The Way, which is really, really fun. So you should definitely check that out. And then lastly, she bought recently in the last year a company called Lash Artist Box. And she basically is now running that on top of all the other things she's doing. So anyhow, we really get into her journey where she's going to be talking about really some of the things that she's had to work through, some of the struggles, everything from working with her husband, what it's been like that, and how it's not all been perfect, and how they've had to learn their own kind of little ways of doing things, and also not really also really debunking, I guess, I guess the expectations that society puts on you and how you, for her and her husband, they've had to switch roles and do things a little bit differently and become okay with that. Something Tuss and I have actually had to work through. And I know some of you have partners or husbands and wives out there, maybe an issue that you're working through too. So you'll get some good stuff from her on that. Also, she talks about being true to herself and how one time there was a time where she wasn't and she tried to be something else and how it really affected her business and her numbers dropped and her sales dropped and people just stopped kind of losing at least some people lost interest because she kind of handed the reins to someone else and things didn't go well for her so we're going to be able to talk about that and she just talks about the growth and the changes in her business and i think a lot of you out there who are looking to grow looking to do something new will find a lot of inspiration from her journey so i can't wait for you to hear that but before that what do we have guys i should have like some music or some sort of thing announcements yes announcements Yeah, that's next. Okay, well, let's get into it real quick. We have our next big thing that's coming up, guys, before LashCon is actually coming up in June. And that's on June 25th. We're going to be having, or we're partnering with Shelby, a friend of our Lash Boss Radio. We're going to be hosting a party in Vegas. Yes, guys, if you're going to IBS, International Beauty Show, or IECSC, you need to come to our party on June 25th in the evening. We're already selling tickets. It's twenty. It's forty nine dollars, and there's gonna be a swag bag. Um, it's gonna be great, guys. I actually, I think I have more sponsors than I can handle. So we're gonna have a really cool swag bag for the first hundred attendees that show up, and we will have food, we'll have drinks, we'll have music, and it's and the Blanco Penthouse at the Sahara Hotel, and that is at the very top of the building, right on the top of the overlooking all of Vegas. Vegas, and we have an outdoor patio area there where you can watch stuff, and we'll have a place where you take pictures, and it's just going to be a great chance. If you are already going to IBS, you want to come to this party, hang out with us, get some prizes, have some fun, meet your friends, have drinks and food and all that fun stuff. So anyhow, if you want to go, go to the link in our show notes or go to our Instagram page or go to lashcastproductions.com, and you can sign up today. Tickets, we think, will go fast. We have quite a bit of room. It's a big space. It's like almost uh, 3,500 square feet. But 
We are limiting ticket sales, so don't delay. Buy your ticket if you're going to Vegas already. And by the way, if you're not, if you weren't thinking of going, you should go to IVS, guys. You should just plan it. You should drop everything and say, you know what? I am going to go and hang out with them. And then afterwards, go to the show on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You can walk the floor and see amazing amount of stuff. Lots of Lash brands are going to be there and other brands. And it's just a lot of fun. If you've never gone, it's the biggest beauty show in the United States, if not the world. And it's definitely worth going to. Our next webinar is coming up here on May 31st. That's a Tuesday, only because this month's so crazy. I had to push it back. Normally, it's on Mondays at 4 p.m. And I'm going to be teaching our class how to price for profit. So if you want to know how to price your services correctly, this is the one you want to take. It's only going to be $57. If it's not already in the show notes, it will be very soon. Last con tickets continue. Price increasing coming up on May 27th. It's the last day you can buy it for at $6.97. Otherwise, they go up to $7.97. So you do not want that. let that happen. So buy your ticket today. You have a payment plan where you can spread out over four months, guys. It's only 25% down now. So it's only like $180, $190 for over four months. Really budget friendly. And what else do we have? Oh, yeah. And Tusk, this next class is June 5th through the 6th right here in Los Angeles. If you want to learn how to get four-week retention, that's a course that you need to take. And then we'll be announcing our second half of the year. Sometime probably in the coming weeks, we will be announcing our classes starting. That will be in August, September, October, and December. So... All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you now. Now let's get to this episode where we sit down with Katie and really talk about all things Lashes and about her journey and how she built Beautiful Wands. Hey, guys, Paul here in the Lashcast Studios along with Tuss, and we are really excited because we have... Katie Allen from Beautiful Wands hanging out with us today. She's actually been a longtime supporter of LashCon. She was an OG sponsor way back in the day. And we're so excited to finally get you on our show. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I remember LashCon way back in the day. That was actually my very first big event. I was so excited. I ordered all of my stuff in from Amazon <laughs> to make my booth. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It was it was awesome. I've just loved your guys' journey, and I'm so excited to be on the show. Yeah, no, you actually had, I remember, one of definitely one of the more memorable booths because you actually built out a booth with shelves, and you had all this stuff, <laughs> and it was like, Really cool. And we only had 13 sponsors. I look back now. It's like there were only 13 boots. It seemed like overwhelming. It seemed overwhelming at the time. It really was. Yeah. And I I just so remember your product right from the very beginning, the wands, because I'd never seen something so pretty before. There were all these like, they're mascara wands, but they were in like a little test tube. And at the very end, there was like a little gem or something really cute to look at, like really girly. And there were so many of them. It was like, oh, this is just fabulous. I remember them like donuts. They weren't. But you know, it's like when you open a box of donuts and there's I all the- I remember like donuts? Well, you know, like there's, there's sprinkle <laughs> ones. There's, you know, cute ones. It was just always like- cute and girly like that you know right. so anyway girls I, like that sort of stuff come on, you should know that by now yeah <laughs> exactly yeah no and you've come a long ways because i do remember and we just were talking before the podcast really when i met you you were basically a brand that from what i understood at the time doing the beautiful wands which i thought lash company is that a lash company called beautiful wands and then once i started to look into a website and i saw oh you do have other things but you were representing other brands and had partnerships with people and all that. And then now look at you, things have evolved and you've grown and you've become this really, I think, amazing brand with many options, your own products and all that stuff. We'll partnering still, and we'll probably get into that a little bit. But let's get into first, how you first got into beauty, because I don't, 
I always like to find out why beauty, why not something else, like, you know, selling hot dogs at a baseball game or something. It's always like, hot dog. Yeah, I am obsessed with hot dogs, I have to say. That or car <laughs> mechanics, I don't know. Two careers I had no dreams of being either myself. But anyhow, so maybe you can tell us how you got into all this whole thing. Yeah, my degree is actually in criminal justice. Get I was a out. probation officer. I yeah. remember Get that. I, I do remember you telling me that once now. That was like, what? Wow. Yeah, no, I feel like I've lived like nine lives before this. Like I was a probation officer and I actually played poker professionally. Hey, yeah, you and Cheryl. So- <laughs> you and Cheryl Fanontaine can like go at each other. Me and Cheryl have good conversations. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should do something where you both play poker for, and we watch you two and see who's the better poker player. No, no, okay. I want to see I want to see the probation officer. <laughs> Officer Swagger, did you, you know, like yeah, the yeah, uniform? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I worked at a juvenile correction facility for young men. Okay. And I always had my eyelashes done. And yeah. they would be like, oh, those aren't your real lashes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I got married. We had a six month old baby. And my husband, he's from Georgia originally. His dad has a company out here and we made the decision that it would be best for us to all come back to Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I came back, I was six months pregnant and I had a six month old. So yeah. I'm trying to get a job in the corrections facility in Georgia. Wow. wow well, pregnant yeah. with a six month. Well, six months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hire you. I'm sure at this point. No, They're like, no but well, see, that's can. the thing. Like I was six months pregnant and I didn't look like I was pregnant. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so like, and it's bad because it's bad that as a woman in general, you should have to worry about that. No, you shouldn't. About, oh, they're not going to hire me because I'm pregnant. But it was a thing. So I actually did get a job at a correctional facility to be a probation officer in East Point. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with Atlanta, but East Point is rough. Okay. It's rough. Yeah. And they wanted to pay me a whopping $28,000 for the year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You were going to be swimming in money. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) I mean, not only that, but Georgia, if if you're more than 10 miles away, you're going to be in your car for a while. Yeah. Like, the traffic is wild. It's like Los Angeles now. Yeah. It's bad like that. It's bad, Yeah. yeah. So when I accepted the job, it was 30 miles away. I was like, oh, you know, that's going to be about an hour. No, the drive was to two and a half hours a day. So, you know, I was spending two and a half hours to get there at a job that I didn't want, two and a half hours back, spending time away from my child. And so I said, something has to change. I quit that job and I was waitressing a little bit. And I was like, you know, I really want to see if I could do lashes because I've always gotten lashes done. They make me feel beautiful. And so, you know, I did my quick Google search and mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that I wish I was different in this, in this way, but I just go for it. I don't do much research. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, lashes, click and yeah. go. And so I signed up to do a lashing course the next week. That is quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was bad because it was like a two hour course and I got a certificate at the end and I had no idea what I was doing. So two two hours is all I hear you need actually now. So it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I was here with this certificate that us in the industry, we know that means nothing. Really didn't know what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I jumped on all these Facebook pages and all these Instagram pages, and I tried to teach myself how to do lashes. Yeah. And in doing so, you know, I saw the aftercare kits. I saw, you know, the spoolies, this and that. And I decided I, you know, all my clients that I had, which was zero at the time, needed these amazing lash wands. 
right? So mm-hmm. I went to Hobby Lobby and, you know, I got these tubes and these gems and I spent money on these lash wands, which I didn't have. <laughs> but I started posting them in these Facebook groups. And, you know, what's crazy is that back then, 2018, 2017, they weren't as regulated, the Facebook groups, as they are now. Mm-hmm. So you would post and you would get a lot of traction from that. Yeah. And so people would asked me how much for these wands. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want so, some? Like, yeah, right. Like, and so I started selling them for a dollar a wand and I was actually making like a 25 cent profit, but yeah. it was a profit. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I would literally work hours. Like I, my babies would be during the day and then I would work all night long. And I'd get like egg cartons to put the tubes in and stand them up. And I look back at pictures and it's just, it's so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I would spend all day long putting, packaging them up and handwriting out the envelopes of where they were going to. It was a long drawn out process. And, you know, I told my husband, you know, as long as I sell 500 wands a month, we can make our bills. Wow. You know, like as long as we do that, we can make our bills. And my husband thought I was crazy. He was like, you're making wands with gems on top. That's, that's your goal. legitimate like, business. Yeah. <laughs> better like, than yeah. working for McDonald's wages at the prison. But you know what? Like, <laughs> you knew. The very first time I saw them, I thought, oh, these are so beautiful. She loved them, and actually. So she, delicious. And she's sweet. crafty. You're very, you love crafty. I was craft. like, I wish that I had thought of it because they were so cute. But I'm like, I didn't have the time to do that. I just thought they were fabulous. I remember even just telling Paul about lashes. You know, this going to be a great thing. And they're just like, what? Are you sure? You know? So it's like, I know what you're talking about when you come home with this great idea. And they're like, I don't know, really. <laughs> yeah, I didn't believe in my wife. But the cool thing, keep telling, <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt you, keep telling the story because it's amazing. So 500 wands, you can pay your bills. Then what happened? Was the goal to do get up to 500 and then quit your job? Or did you quit your job and just go all in for the wands? No. So I was still waitressing and I was being a stay-at-home mom during the day while I wasn't working. And then at night I was doing the wand. So like I was burning from every, you know, (laughs) I was working. But we were able to pay all of our bills. We were not living paycheck to paycheck. We had a little bit of wiggle room. And that was kind of our goal, right? Mm -hmm. So that happened for a couple months where, you know, I was waitressing, I was taking care of the babies, and I was making these wands. Then three months into it, I got a 500 wand order from like a bigger name company. Wow. And I was like jumping up and down. I was so excited. It was amazing. It was like, well, this could maybe be something more, right? So I took that money that I made from the larger order and I put it into making a website and just kind of making it a little bit more professional. And in doing so, created more of like a little bit of a stir. We got so busy within, I'd say, six months that I did. Well, I didn't quit. I got fired from my job as a waitress. <laughs> okay. Cheers. <laughs> Congratulations. Truth here. All right. That's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you could have taken uh, the, the road and gone, hey, no one would have known. I, I, got, I just yeah, quit on my no, terms. And it was crazy, though, because, like, I've never been fired before. Uh, so I was like, what is this? Right? <laughs> what now? But yeah. I think that was God's plan yeah. because it put my back up against the wall. I didn't have a backup plan. Mm. These little wands were what I needed to do in order to have my family succeed. Yeah. And so, you know, I did it. And one thing led to another where 
it turned from the wands to the aftercare kits. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the aftercare kits, but mm. we do like custom aftercare kits with your logo. Yeah. And the purpose behind that was when I was looking to get actually shampoos with our logo done so that we could sell like the wands with them and cleaning brushes, you'd have to go through China and you'd have to pay these crazy minimums to yeah. get these products that you had no idea what they were. 10,000 units, guys. Yeah, 10,000 <laughs> units. 10,000 units. That's the base order if you and want to And then like three stuff. months for shipping. Right? And so I said, there has to be a better way. So I started ordering it in blank and, and making these custom aftercare kits. Mm-hmm. And people were just drawn to that. Like, if you thought that the wands were a hit, like, these aftercare kits were, like, the bee's knees. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, I was like, well, Prolong, they're, like, that was a perfect partnership. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with Prolong, they're from Australia. And yeah, they we do met the concentrate. Them. And they're a sponsor now, too. And yeah, they're, they're amazing. Fabulous. They're just the best company. And they actually had a, a lot of good things to say about you. They love you. And I remember. Oh, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember when I first talked to them back 20 the year prior and they were like yeah katie's an all-star she is like our i think at the time says you were their biggest distributor they sold so much product from you people in australia love you <laughs> <laughs> well i love them too <laughs> yeah and then then we brought in ruthie bell yeah. um and i touched base about this a little bit prior but the reason why i brought in these different companies is because like i said i had two hours of training Right. I had two hours of knowledge in this industry. And so who was I to say, like, these are the best slashes. These are the best tweezers, so on and so forth without that knowledge. And so it just didn't feel right for me to start this line or grow this line without that knowledge. And so that was my main reason for bringing in these distributors. So we're doing these aftercare kits. I have a website and I actually have, you know, the little thing that's printed off the, the label. So I'm not having to handwrite everything, but I'm still working at nighttime and my husband's still working during the day. And we got so busy that I was like, you know, we need to hire a nanny. So we took the plunge and we hired a nanny. We hired Veronica, who is still my number one employee today. Um, and it's kind of crazy because while the kids were taking naps, she would learn the business. Hmm. she would learn how to make these wands. She would learn these aftercare kits or just about lashes in general. And she really took a genuine interest in it. So when it got past the point of, hey, we don't need you as a nanny anymore because we're so busy, we need you as an employee, she was all in and able to to make that transition with us. That's amazing. Well, it starts yeah. a nanny and move into a, a company. Right? Yeah, a product <laughs> company. That's really quite the change. Yeah, and so- she would work three days a week and everything was in my downstairs. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember from like Instagram posts and stuff, but we'd have my downstairs. I had my office and then I had this spare room and the spare room had shelves and like a little station set up and (laughs) it was down and dirty. dirty. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it got to the point, like I said, that my husband had quit his job. He was staying at home with the babies, we had uh, wow. Veronica working as a part-time employee and everything was ran from downstairs. And I walked into my storage room one day and there was mm. no room for anything. So we made the plunge about a year ago. We have a 3000 square foot warehouse now. Yay. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> Marietta Square. And in doing that, we made things a little bit more professional with like our aftercare kits. We invested in some pretty good equipment to make the labels and stuff like that. Things that we were just 
we were buying labels from this company in Canada for the longest time (laughs) and just waiting for our big label order to come in and then sticker everything really quick. And, you know, (laughs) we really grew organically with the brand and what it grew into that it took us a while to get to where we're at today. (laughs) But But now that we're here, like I said, we have a 3000 square foot company. We have a place for people to come in and test their products and try their products. Mm -hmm. We have production in the back. We have a storage unit. You know, I take clients every Thursday just to kind of stay in the know. And Mm -hmm. it's just turned into this amazing business that I never even realized. It all started with sticking little things on wands at the end of wands, like like five (laughs) years ago. And and then here you are with a, a legitimate um, business and actually an influencer and impacting our industry and making a difference. I want to ask real quickly about your relationship with your husband. Is he, would you consider him a partner in this? Because I mean, he's the one that's taking care of the kids and does he help out with the business part? I mean, how does that partnership work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I absolutely would not be as successful in my business without him. He is definitely the yin to my yang. I'm the person that jumps yeah. <laughs> and he's the one that like, <laughs> what about this? What about this? What about this? The entire yeah. way down. <laughs> it's funny because when we started it, I wanted him to have like more of a hands-on role. <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to, you know, be there filling orders with me mm-hmm. and helping me do inventory and all that good stuff. And we tried that and that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There we go. That, yeah, that, that didn't work. <laughs> and I, by the way, I, thank you for saying, saying that. Cause I have actually heard off the record. Some other people say it's really been hard. Like it just isn't working, but they don't know what else to do. So they just keep pushing through it. But there are, I think it's great also to come to understand that like, this isn't the best fit for us as a couple to do this. And there's other ways. So maybe you can share that, what, how that you guys learned that and what you pivoted to. Yeah, he does help, but he knows what his roles are and I know what my roles are. We have the Lash Artist Box and that has hundreds of packages that go out one day a month. And he he knows that that's his job to come get the truck and take those packages (laughs) one day a month. Yeah. Or if, you know, something needs changed in in the building or if I need help, he's always, always available um, and always willing to help, but he doesn't go out of his way to try to change the business Mm. or make the business better because that's when we start fighting. (laughs) Because it's your baby. You've, you've kind of started it and this is Mm -hmm. your thing and your territory. And it is about defined roles. I mean, even for us, when we first started, my job was literally to paint the space, replace light bulbs, fix broken things even though I sucked at it, but that was my job. And then help her maybe with the finances, like make sure that we paid our bills on time. Outside that, she was like, you know, pretty much hands off. This is my business. I decide how I want to do it, how I want to treat my clients, how I want the customer service. All that was really her thing. And I I think I kind of commented, but I I quickly kind of learned, no, no, she's got that well under control and it worked well for us. So I think understanding roles is really important. Yeah, a thousand percent. Every time he tries to like, hey, maybe you should do it this way. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. nope, we're not going there. Um, I want to talk about the Lash Artist Box, but before I do that, I want to ask one question. Sometimes I know that it's hard for husbands when the wife is like making the The decisions or being the breadwinner, quote unquote. How was that like for you guys? When we moved out to Atlanta, I'm going to be very honest and transparent here. We were struggling. And that was before beautiful wands. That was before anything. Him and I 
like I said, I jump. We, (laughs) we knew each other for about three months before we got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then we were married within that year. And so we were still getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. When we moved to Georgia, I was very close to going back to Colorado and just calling it quits because it wasn't working, but we gave one last last ditch effort Mm -hmm. and we saw this therapist and it was the best thing that we've ever done. Mm. She really was able to let us see that it doesn't have to be the way quote unquote things are supposed to be, Mm -hmm. but what works for you. And our relationship is much different than like my parents' relationship or my sister's relationship or anybody's relationship. And what works for us might not work for you. And who are you or this person or that person to say, that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm. And so we really had a head start in regards to that because we definitely got on the same page that I'm a very strong woman Mm. and you're not going to change that. (laughs) The old saying is, can you take your partner for who they are now, but, and not what their potential could be. And we came to that understanding before beautiful ones even started that we totally respect each other and respect what one another brings to the table. And so I think it was a little bit difficult for him to stomach the fact that he was a stay at home dad or um, he wasn't bringing home the money, but he has gotten such the reward from being able to stay at home with the kids to, for us to raise them the way that we want to raise them and see them every single day and just kind of have the freedom. Like he goes to the gym religiously Mm -hmm. and he has the freedom to do that. He's able to do that. And so he sees the benefits as well as like the sacrifices because he Mm -hmm. is making sacrifices for this family as well. And so that's really cool because I think a lot of people, the traditional models can trap you and make you feel shame or feel bad. But these are artificial things that we just made over the last like 50, 80 years in American culture. And it's just a cultural thing. It's not this is right or wrong. I, we did similar. I mean, I actually stayed home when Tuss, our youngest, turned five. Tuss went out and made the money, started Integrity Lash. And I ended up working because I could work. I was always kind of entrepreneur too. I just worked out of my home and did stuff part time, but didn't have to worry about a demand to be anywhere so I could be home for the kids. And it was weird at first, but understanding him being freed from those expectations, which it sounds like your your therapist helped you guys get freed from that was a huge gift so that you guys could truly kind of explore what possibilities were there for you as a couple versus you forcing yourselves to be a 1950s family where, you know, you stay home (laughs) and the husband comes home at five and you cook him dinner. And like, this is how life was for millions of years. Like, no, it hasn't been that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for being vulnerable with that. When we first started talking before we started rolling here, Paul asked you a question about, were you with other brands? And and you shared with us, you didn't even feel qualified to start. You'd done like three sets before you started Beautiful Ones. Can you share? Because I think that's so inspirational. And I love how you just jump. I think that our audience would love to hear about where you were professionally and were you, did you feel like you could recommend brands like when you started your company? Can you share with us what your mindset was? Yeah. So um, I think I touched on it a little bit, but I got into this industry and I literally knew nothing about it. I couldn't tell you what a volume lash was from a classic lash, but I had this amazing opportunity in front of myself to start this brand that people were interested in. And so the next step for me organically that made sense was to reach out to other brands to carry the products that they had already vetted that 
were good products. So, you know, my first step was with Prolong and that just came very naturally because I was doing the aftercare kits. How does that happen, by the way? How do you reach out? Do you just email them and say, hey, I'd like to carry your product or something? It's funny. <laughs> if yeah. you check like my DMs from 2018, you will see DMs to absolutely everybody in the industry. <laughs> absolutely everybody. Okay. And it's like, hi, I'm Katie. I have wands. Like, do you want some? Like, do you want yeah. to hear about my wholesale opportunities? And think about marketing and thinking about like, oh, all you need is an Instagram page and, you know, X amount of this and X amount of that. People get so caught up in the, what you're supposed to do, like, you know, mm -hmm. going back to that, yeah. that the little things of just sliding into somebody's DMs and saying, Hey, you know, <laughs> do you want to collaborate? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? 90% of the time, there's a real person on the other side of it, a real person with like emotions and feelings. And if you go about it the right way, you can make some really good connections with people. And so, yeah, I was able to do that with Prolong. Cool. I just had a very open conversation with, hey, this is what I'm doing. I think that I'd be great to carry your brand. Can we make something work? And the same with Ruthie Bell. Ruthie Bell and I, I feel, have a very close relationship as well. She actually just approved us to private label her lash serums. Hey. And so, yeah, we're the only person in the industry that is able to white label her, her lash serums. That's super cool. Yeah, which is amazing, I, right? And that. She sent me a <laughs> bottle of her hyaluronic acid and it yeah. is so good. It's that thick molecular weight stuff. It's great. Yeah, I love I, her. I wanted to say thank you to you because you were actually the one who introduced Ruthie Bell to us. And Ruthie Bell came to the first LashCon. And, and Ruthie, what I will just say is a shout out to Ruthie because she is a really humble and so, gives a, a giver and someone supports our industry so much. Because she does something that most people in her status, where she's OG status, she's a big name, she's had a lot of influence, helped a lot of people, been a featured speaker at a lot of conferences, and she still came to our conference. I remember you reaching out to me and said, I think I can get Ruthie Bell to come to your conference. I'm like... Really? She came as an attendee. And no one does that. Nobody does that. I mean, it's changing. I think we're trying to change that with LashCon. We're trying to make LashCon so good that even people who aren't invited to be speakers are like, shoot, man, I better still be there because it's so amazing. But she came because you convinced her to. <laughs> and she, <laughs> people don't know, a lot of times, this is not shade on them, but the way the industry has been is for a named person like Ruthie Bell to go to a conference. The only way they're going to go is if they are invited. They don't come just to be an attendee. They don't pay for a ticket because that's not proper. It's not seen. That's old school thinking that was really prevalent back in 2013, 2014, 2015, and it's changing now. But that said, it was so cool because then Ruthie Bell came up and thanked us for coming and said she had the best experience. It was awesome. And we were just really honored. And it was all because of you and you going out there. And I guess you're basically, and this is only 2019, so you barely out of the gate at this point, I realize. You're not even like this seasoned 10-year veteran in the industry. You're just like a year or so into it. And but here see, we are you know, doing it. That. That's what I want our listeners to hear that it's like, you're just a gal that says yes. And you just you figure just, it out. You just go for it, which yeah. I'd like to pick apart just a little bit. Like, were you always that way that you just said yes to opportunities that you just jumped into? I can relate that to like the poker aspect, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, like it's, it's serious. I love the thrill of figuring it out. I love the thrill of having this, thing in front of me that I'm like, oh crap, it's go time. And building that on the way down and then getting 
to rejoice in like what you've built. It's an amazing feeling. Like I get bored and I'm like, okay, so what can I do now? (laughs) You know? And when people see fear of the unknown, that's where I thrive. That's Mm -hmm. where I'm like, cool. What can we do here? It's dangerous. (laughs) My mom used to tell me that she knew that I was either going to be very successful or dead very young. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh God, (laughs) I hope it's, I hope it's, yeah, the latter of the two, but I'm going to be 34 on Friday. So happy birthday. I made it past my (laughs) twenties. That's fabulous. What would you say that you've had to sacrifice Mm. over the last, you know, five, six years as you've kind of moved this and pivoted what are some of the things you've had to let go or losses that you're like, wow, I can't do it all. I'm going to have to give up some things like whatever that might be. It could be family time. It could be dreams, something that along the way that you've had to put things aside so that you can pursue and, and make your other dreams a reality with beautiful ones. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that definitely comes to mind is I'm always feeling like mommy guilt, mm-hmm. always feeling it. And I always try to remember, I actually see my family a lot. I really do (laughs) in comparison to if I had a nine to five job, Mm. but it definitely feels sometimes, especially when I look back at building my company, I always felt like my face was in, in my phone, replying to people and just growing things and having not that much sleep so that I could get done what needed to get done. And I do look back and feel like I did kind of miss out with my family. Mm. I have a 10 month old, a four year old and a six year old right now. Mm-hmm. And in comparison to my four year old and my six year old, I was like, not there for my son, you know, yeah. for my 10 month old. And I say that, like I said, I'm present. I am there for my children, but I feel like I could be there so much more. Mm. So that's definitely something that weighs on me constantly is that, is this all worth it? Just learning how to like, I guess, prioritize my time a little bit better sometimes. That's definitely something that's always weighed on me. Do you feel like because you have the business is growing, it's getting bigger, it, it, the time demand or at least the distraction is always there. So it's hard to be in the moment when you're with your kids. Because I know that sometimes was hard for us. Like we, our kids finally told us at one point that our kids are older. When you come home, we don't want to hear about your business. <laughs> They're like, no talk about business. It's all about family and what we're doing and we're hanging out. And we had to really make a rule that when we got home, we stopped talking at least when the kids are around and, you know, when they left, we start talking about business again. But I mean, for you, have, has it been difficult like that? Yeah. And I think that the fact that my husband does stay at home with them, they're like, well, why aren't you home with us? Uh-huh. Well, why don't you take me to school? Well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And that gets to me. It, it gets my little heartstrings. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, Yeah, that's definitely the hardest part. But you know what, Katie? I just want to encourage you that there are seasons. And this is just coming from somebody whose kids are older. And I have had the same mom guilt because I really went back to work when my little one was... Five. Yeah. Yeah. And I missed out. Like, I didn't know where the band uniform was. I didn't know where the instrument was. I didn't know what snacks to bring. I didn't know how to pack a lunch. And there was a chunk of time that I wasn't present there, but it was a season. And I look, their needs were met. They have a very strong relationship with their father. And it's come around for us. I mean, we, we're close to, I'm, I'm close with the kids in a different way. So just remember that there's seasons and what you sacrificed at one point. Um, we'll help create hope for the future you're looking for where you will have more of that time. I mean, obviously companies have growth phases and usually they take a lot more energy and time. 
And then hopefully once you get to a certain point, it'll continue to grow, but you can pull back and have other people doing that work. Like, your nanny. Kids' <laughs> <So, laughs> needs will change. Hire a couple more nannies. Yeah, hire more nannies and convert them into <laughs> other you know, warehouse employees. So that seems like a natural career path for most people. <laughs> yeah, I need to remind myself to when I am able to take a break and take in what I've worked so hard for to actually do that. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for those words. But it also <laughs> just shows you too that your heart is for your family. And you love them. I mean, just can hear it, you know, and and that you you long to have that close relationship. Everything that you're doing is for your family. It's like you're just providing in a different way. Mm-hmm. And one thing I, I it's been interesting about you is that you always shared about how you jump into things, right? And just like you're a gambler, right? <laughs> it's, it's like you're willing, <laughs> and you bet on yourself. You I you you have a strong belief system in who you are, and. I guess two things. First, maybe you can share a little bit if, if you've thought about this. Like, what is in your makeup? I don't know if it's your upbringing, it's just your DNA or how you've approached. Why Why do you feel like you or you're, you can just jump into things like that? Because I think most people are risk averse, and that doesn't sound like you. I'm actually very much the same way. I actually dated t- my wife for two weeks before I proposed to marry her. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew her for over a year. We were friends beforehand, but I just knew when I met her, oh, you're, we're going to get married. And then once she said, let's go out and date, I was like, okay, let's get married. Why not? Why wait? <laughs> so, but, um, and that, that has its upsides and it has its downsides. So first, maybe you can share a little bit about, maybe uh, if you've given much thought about why, do you know why you're like this? Is it your parents, your upbringing, whatever? Secondly, then maybe you could share, when have you jumped and you've just fallen flat in your face? Like, I was all out, and you know what? It didn't work. It just wasn't what I had, had planned, and maybe, you know, you explained that whole process. That's an interesting question, because what if you fall on your face? Then what? That is my thought process, 100% of the time. And maybe I look at it differently than most people, but I'm an educated, smart, have lots of skills person. And if I put all my eggs into this basket and I follow my face, then I get up and I do something different. It's not the end of the world. There's no shame there for you. You just brush yourself off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many different things in this world that you can do. Why be so scared to stop yourself from succeeding in something that could be amazing? My husband, when I told him that he's quitting his job so that we can make wands, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he he has all the fears in the world. He has enough fears for, you know, the both of us. For two people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You balance. That's Um, good. You have opposites here. We have balance. (laughs) Yeah. You think to yourself, and he has, you know, he has anxiety. He works with that as Mm. well. And so he's always thinking about like all of the, you know, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And it's, what if that happens? Do we still have our family? Do we still have our love? Do we still have, you know, the skills that we've learned along the way to do something different? Yes, we do. So with that in the back of my mind constantly, what is there to be fearful of? That's great. That's a great mindset. And I think that is, I guess for you, hopefully anyone listening can feel just try to adapt that mindset. Like what if you did fail? I mean, it's like think the worst case scenario. What's the worst thing that happens, right? Okay, for us as entrepreneurs, I think that's a natural thing. It's like, well, I if it doesn't work, I'll just do something else and make money. I like I'm not stuck 
with this one yeah. money making mechanism. Like oh, I can make money many different ways. I just will move on. I mean, it's comfortable yeah. doing what you have been doing, but it's like we're testimonies of somebody who could lose everything and pivot and change and do something different. And yeah. and so what? So what if it fails? What's the worst that can happen? I guess it's this, uh, you know, some people care about their image too much. And I guess if you care about your image too much, then that's where I think that type of failure would any failure would be devastating. But if you can learn to realize that most people have a mind like an Instagram, it's just passing. Like they don't sit around and catalog all your failures, right? It's like, oh, you failed. All right, moving on. They, they just forget and they, you know, see your next venture or new idea that you're trying to do. You said, well, what do we have? We still have our love. We yeah. still have our family. You knew that your identity wasn't in what you were doing. It was... You know, this relationship with your your husband and your children and what you were creating there as a family, that's identity. Yeah. So it wasn't based on the stuff that was transient that you can lose. That can come and go, yeah. I think that sometimes people in general kind of have the mindset, other people care more about them than they actually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially like this day and age with Instagram and Facebook and, you know, like, oh, what are people going to think? What about this? What about that? And a lot of that is in your head. Yeah, (laughs) You know, your quote unquote identity or your Facebook identity or, you know, what are people going to think? I think that you should really make choices and decisions based on what is good for you and what is good for your heart. And as long as you're working hard, even if you fail, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people treat it like high school dance like when you walk into the prom or wherever and you think everyone's looking at you and know what? No one is looking at you. They're looking Mm -hmm. at they're all thinking they all you're all looking at them. Everyone's worried that everyone's thinking about someone else looking at them when no one's, it doesn't matter. You can walk in, you could probably do anything you want, walk in naked and be like, well, I don't know, well, it's just naked outfit day. Here's the story. So um, we just, you know, the Met Gala just happened. I'm sure you've seen all the pictures. Well, one of my clients has worked on that before. She's got clients that, you know, she yeah. styles for. And I said, you know, hey, do this year's Met. She's like, oh no, I, I have another show coming up. But she's like, you know, the funny, I said, well, tell me what it's like. And she's like, well, it's just like high school i mean everyone is so insecure i mean everyone is like so worried about what everyone thinks about them it's just like it's just like high school yeah you um, know it's just fancier you know big powerful hollywood players all worried like high school like, you know, 16 year olds you know am i looking good i mean i wish people cared a little bit more about me because then maybe my volumes would get a little bit higher yeah. and then my sales would get there a little bit higher and <laughs> Yeah, that, see, that's on, care part, more, care more, care more. But that's where that's where our work is, right? We all just have right? to do the work to get people to care more. And or <laughs> yeah. actually, truth is, where it really works is we have to care more about them. And once we show how much we care about them, people generally uh, give that in back of towards us. So, and but by the way, I get that about you. Everything about you shows passion, love care you were one of the good people in our industry hardworking. so oh, thank you yeah really lost good stuff well let's talk about now one of those things where you did step forward and you failed <laughs> or <laughs> you, jumped too, you jumped too far you're like i let's do it <laughs> i can do this it's easy and then boom whatever it was i you can uh, pick whichever one pick if there's poison yeah pick your poison yeah yeah <laughs> It's actually very fresh, so we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so when I started in the industry, like I kind of feel like I had a head start because I didn't have any biased opinions on what it should be, mm-hmm. right? On the path that I needed to follow of like, I need to get my license and then I need to start my salon and then I need to hire people and then maybe a brand, you know, like there's just the steps that you need to take. 
I wasn't blinded by that because I started a brand and then I kind of got to learn what this was and what this was. And so I had a head start in that regard. But as I got into the industry a little bit farther, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. Oh, I have to have an IG like this. Oh, I need to change this and I need to change that. And, you know, when I did that, my following and my sales they kind of stopped really because I wasn't being authentic. You know, I was trying to fill what I thought people needed and what I thought people wanted. So I went and I hired this huge marketing company that Mm. was going to take the wheel. And in doing so, I kind of let go of my baby a little bit. I let go of my baby and I let them make these videos and I let them control what I had worked so hard for. Mm. And it sucked. (laughs) What they did is they really pushed me back in a very important stage of my business. It was a pivotal moment where I could either grow or I could take a couple steps back. And that's what ended up happening. Not only did I spend way too much money I lost my spark a little bit because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was doing what I was supposed to do. And I was trying to keep up with everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was one of the biggest, most expensive lessons that I have absolutely made with my business. But it was, it was necessary because it got me to look at what I wanted and what I didn't want and what made me happy and what was working and what wasn't working. And like, who cares about the rest? Yeah. You know, I'm really interested in that, that lesson that you learned and what you just said, and maybe we can expand on a little bit more. It's like the key thing that I'm taking away is that you looked at other people and you thought I should be posting like this my Instagram or whatever should be looking like this because that's what other people are doing. And then you did it and it didn't work. And so what is the takeaway for you about you? And could you just sum up again what you just said? Yeah. My takeaway absolutely with that is you need to be genuine. People can tell when you're genuine. If everybody wanted three of the same kind of lash brands, like no one wants that. You know what I mean? Nobody wants that. And being unique and doing things that not everybody else is doing. That's what people want. You know, just be like, you're trying to be all these different things when the most successful thing that you're going to be is you. And the faster that you figure that out, the more successful you're going to be. See, that is such a gift. And I thank you for being so vulnerable to share that because I think that's something that everyone carries with them. Like, oh, I should be doing this because that's what everyone else is doing. And you're living testimony, you're living proof to say it didn't work for me. And I mean, I know it's painful because it's a lot of money and it's a hard lesson to to learn, but it's like, you have that under your belt now. It's like, you can do you. Well, it's like, again, kind of like with your husband learning you know what? We're going to be different. We're going to be this way. This is who we're going to be. It almost seems like there's a common theme in your life is this learning yeah. to be okay being who you are and not trying to conform to the whatever society or your friends or last the world says you need to be. And that hopefully other people listening, that's super freeing. And I see this throughout our industry. I, can, I won't go through brands, but there are many brands who've really taken off because I can sense that the brand – identity. And this is what real branding is, by the way. People get into logos and colors way too much with branding. Branding is when you're being what people perceive you to be. 
And when you are being yourself and you're being uniquely you, because we're all unique, you're being true to your brand at that point. So you found that out, like when you were not true to yourself, right? And you weren't true to your brand, people weren't interested anymore. They're like, well, it looks like you're just a corporate machine now. Just like everybody else. Just like everyone else. Who cares? But when, when Katie's being Katie... And you're being that correctional officer who creates, <laughs> makes poker wands, player, yeah. poker player, with all this amazing uniqueness and beauty. All of a sudden, people are like, I like this company. And you attract those people that like that brand, that like that person, who you are. And I think that's really cool. And by the way, we, we're not going to be for everyone, right? I know our podcast. There are people who love our podcast. And I don't mean a lot of them, but I know there's people who really don't like our podcast. So and that's okay. We aren't trying to be everything to everyone. We have our tribe, mostly, I think, lash nerds and all that who really love the, the stuff, learners and people like that. So um, it's kind of cool. And I think for people who are listening, if you're thinking about your brand, man, find what you love about who you are and what you do. And man, double down on that and stop trying to become the next Borboletta or the next Sugar Lash or whatever brand you think that you have to be to be the successful because you don't have to be them. You can be- Pie is big enough. Yeah. I keep can, saying it. It is really cool. Um, sorry, that I had to take a moment to- Stand on the get, soapbox. Get in the soapbox and preach to the masses there for a second. Oh, amen. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, what, a couple of other things. One thing that I know that is really unique about you, and that is you do white label and you do stuff with aftercare. I would love for you to share a little bit about that, what you, what it is that is, and then maybe people, anyone listening maybe could get a chance to, to at least explore that opportunity with you. Yeah. So um, like I said, when we started uh, the brand, I went to order uh, foam soap from China and they wanted crazy minimums, couldn't see the product, didn't know what I was going to get. Um, and I was just starting out. Like I couldn't afford that. Yeah. Um, and that's a common theme in our industry. And so what we did is we have small minimums, 10 pieces. Wow. Um, just 10? Oh, that's 10 great. Pieces. That's um, so easy. Yeah. And you could add your logo. It's super simple process. Like it's set up on, on the website. You go in, you get to pick, you know, the top of your bottles, the bottom of your bottles, your wands, the little gems on top. We have a whole bunch of different colored cleaning brushes. So it could go with your brand and, you know, the colors. Um, and you just put that in. And you press send, and we literally um, have production uh, three to seven business days, and then it's shipped to you. It's, it's, I mean, it's super simple. It gives you um, that professionalism mm -hmm. where if you, you know, you have a small business, you're the only person in your business, but you have these little lash kits with your logo on them. You yeah. know, that makes your clients take you a little bit more seriously. And aftercare is probably the number one thing that you should be preaching to your clients. Um, yeah. And so you're, you're going to need it anyway. You might as well put your logo on it. <laughs> That's super cool. And I, I think a lot of people don't know about that opportunity or if they do, the minimums are going to be too expensive. So I think that's something I, when I was looking at your website, that's super cool. That you guys providing that um, service to people. So even the smallest little lash artists can afford 10 bottles, right? You can definitely yeah. do those type of orders and God willing, hopefully you grow to the point where you can be doing 100 or 1,000 bottle order, orders mm -hmm. at some point. So, and, and does it come with in a little bag? Like, how does it work? Does it have, like, you could order tissue or anything like that? Yeah, so we have, like, a lot of different options. Um, we have, like, the basic just your bottles, mm -hmm. um, which will be just the 10 bottles. And then you buy the prolong and you fill them up. 
Um, then you can get into like your three piece set, which will come with the little wand and then the cleaning brush. Mm -hmm. And you could go to a princess set, which will have the, um, the towel, the bag, lip mask, oh, wow. cleaning brush. And then the queen set will have a bag, pop sockets, just, you know, a bunch of different yeah. things. Yeah. Goodies. So absolutely. And then we've also like expanded. I told you about the Ruthie Bell lash serum yeah. that we could do like with your logos on them, which is also an amazing retail item for oh. your little salons. I didn't realize you meant you actually do it for others. I just thought you were doing it yeah. for your brand. Like oh, you're going to put beautiful yeah. ones, so you can, but you can do it for other brands too. Other people. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's a huge deal. So uh, yeah. hopefully anyone listening, if they want to learn about that, just go to your website. They can get the details there and then probably DM or call you and can work. you'll walk them through the process. And, and the beautiful, the wands is a Z, right? With a Z. Yes. yes. Beautiful. And yeah, beautiful no, I, is not beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> all right. Which I got wrong forever. I think when you first, uh, we first met, I would write your information or sponsor. So I'd be Why like. Why don't you spell yeah, it? Yeah. Katie. It's a B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L-W-A-N-D-Z. Yes. So yeah, when I um, <laughs> was going to become a lash artist. Uh, I thought that that was a cool name. Beautiful. B-E-Y-O-T-I-F-U-L for yeah. my name for, you know, my studio. And when I started making these wands, I needed a, a name for it. And mm -hmm. so I just added wands and thought it'd be cool with the Z. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's all good. Hindsight's 2020. You learn. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask one more thing I want to talk about. Um, and then we got, I can't believe how much time has flown. Time has flown. Um, because I really think people don't understand the value of this. And you mentioned the DMs. And I really feel like there's some real, hopefully something people can take from this. Because I know that we've built our business really uh, with LashCon through DMs. And so I don't know if you had any tips or any ideas you want to share. Like how do you go in and build a relationship with someone through a DM? Is this a simple hello? I don't know if you have any advice as other lash artists who are either one trying to sell trainings maybe through their dms or maybe they're trying to get clients in their salon through dms or hoping to partner with our brands and some way collaborations whatever it is they're thinking about how, how do you well, i guess you may get some tips of how you went about it and some of your thoughts on that yeah so number one leave your ego at the door because you can't, you can't take that with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second thing that I would definitely recommend is just being very, very genuine and not looking at like this conversation as something as what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. Because that's so off-putting. Yeah. If I opened my DMs to a whole bunch of people of like, buy this, want this, have this, like, I'm not going to respond to that. Mm -hmm. But if you take the time and this is what separates people that are going to be successful and not successful. Like if you write a little paragraph and you copy and paste it to every single person and send it to a million people, you're probably not going to be very successful. Yeah. If you sit down and you pick five different brands for the day and you do some research and you try to actually have a conversation and not, and it's not like, Hey, you want to buy this? Mm -hmm. Like a conversation with a human being, yeah. you're going to get a lot farther. Yeah. It just really comes back down to like being able to communicate and talk with people. And I know that's like a skill that has been lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's an art. But it can get you so far. And it might not be for everybody. And there's some people that, you know, there's some weeks where like I'm just super busy. And like, if you're going to approach me with this this week, not a chance. Mm -hmm. But just saying, hey, you know, if you're busy, maybe I could touch base and just touch base. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But just having that, you know, follow up and um, being genuine and 
trying to make a relationship and not a sale. Yeah. And when you say leave your ego at the door, what do you, how, 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 how does that play in? Like, like not be offended if somebody doesn't respond to you. Like, what, what do you mean? I mean, a couple, I'd say that for a couple of reasons. Um, yeah. Like if, if they don't respond, like they're not required to respond. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're reaching out to them. You know what I mean? Like you need to, that's okay. You need to prepare yourself for that. And don't but hate also, them for that either, right? Because they don't yeah. respond like, oh, they're just a jerk. I, they don't support mm-hmm. me because I've seen that and I've felt that myself and I have to remind myself, you're right. They don't owe me a thing. I'm actually reaching out to them to try to find something mm-hmm. to work. They may have way too much on their plate. Their life might be in a strong, bad place right now. Who knows? So yeah, I think yeah. that's a great way to think about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And then just like also... People, like you said, you kind of put yourself on this, like, oh, what are they going to think of me? What are, who cares? Like, if they don't want to do business with you or if you, they don't want to have a relationship with you, then then they won't. And mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be. But you can't go into it being scared of that. Yeah. Very good advice. That's great. And I think a lot of people don't use their DMs in that kind of positive way. I think you go in with that humble attitude with the goal to try to create a relationship first. Then the transactions can happen down the road. And I think... We too get hit up a lot, not a lot, but enough times where I'm like, the first thing's, hey, can you do this for me? And I'm like, what? Wait a minute, I don't even know your name. How are like, you? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you just want me to send you something? You want me to promote you? You want me to mm-hmm. buy something from you? And yet I've never, we've never chatted before. It just seems like, like a strange way to start off a DM. And, and sadly, I'm sure they don't get a lot of results. And I, I think another thing too for me, I've noticed with us, with LashCon, I don't do it as much, but in the beginning, man, I was guerrilla marketing like crazy through DMs. I was always telling you probably got some of the most <laughs> the DMs, and I did cut and paste sometimes, and I would always try to add a, a personal touch, like hey, something in there, and then I would have the meat of the thing would be a pre-written copy. But and those did better. But if I ever did like you said, just cut and paste generic and just send it out to everyone amazingly, I'd spend 18 hours sending out DMs. It would be like 18 hours. It'd be all day from bright in the morning all the way through the night. And I'd get like almost no response because it's just generic. It's just generic information and no one cares. Yeah, they don't care. It's quality, not quantity, right? (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It's hard. Sometimes you think, well, I just, as a salesperson, you you think it's a numbers game. Well, if I hit 100 people and I close 10% and you think of the numbers and you say, okay, I have to get that 100 number, but you forget sometimes now you're just treating everyone like a number. Instead, maybe only do 10 and just take the 10 to really connect. And you'll be shocked that your close percentage would be much higher, even with less 10 people, not 100. You still may make more sales through that. So I think yeah. that's, that's great information. Okay, well, let's just try to wrap up here in a second. But I definitely want to give you time for two more things that you are involved in, which I was, I'm really excited about was Last Artist Box, we we know Katie Gross when she started all that. We met her years ago. And then I know you took over, and I thought maybe you could share just a tiny bit about maybe that transaction or transition, how you came in to, to take it over. I don't know if it was one of those things that you just reached out or she reached you or how that happened, and then maybe explain what Last Artist Box is and how people, if they'd like to sign up, yeah, benefit from it, yeah. Yeah. So the last artist box was Katie Gross's baby. Absolutely. She created it because there was a void in the industry where people are always wanting to try new products and try new brands, but it's expensive and you'll spend X amount on this product and X amount on shipping. And then you don't even like it at the end. So she came up with this idea for a subscription box where different brands were put into this box and you'd get it monthly 
free shipping on your doorstep. So you get to try different brands within the industry. Beautiful Wands was in the second box ever. And surprise, surprise, she didn't reach out to me. I slid into her DMs. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, hey, I have these wands. I think that they would be perfect for the box. And she was a little bit hesitant at first, but Mm. after communication, (laughs) um, she was all about it. You know, and I made, I think there was 50 boxes for the first ever or I guess it was the second ever Lash Artist box. And so I made, you know, a hundred wands and I packaged them all cute and I shipped them out to her. And, you know, I was super, super excited to be in the box and just like see my company grow. And then we met for the first time at the LashCon, mm-hmm. the very first LashCon. Yeah. And her and I just really hit it off and went back and forth, you know, like as entrepreneurs, as mothers, as women. Um, if you, you know, she'd had a hard day, she'd be like, ah, guess what happened to me today? You know, and vice versa. Um, and one day she was like, Hey, do you have time for a phone call? I was like, sure. She gave me a call and she said that she had gotten to the the stage in her career where she just didn't have time to run the lash artist box anymore. And she had tried to, um, hire people and it wasn't working. And she was at the stage in her career that she wanted to sell the company and she couldn't think of a better person than me to sell it to. Yeah. And so at first I was like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I sat down and I was like, I don't know if we, you know, we could afford that. A lot of things, a lot Mm -hmm. of things were uncertain, but like I told you, I'm, I'm that jump person. Right. So it took me a good 24 hours to tell her that, yes, I would take over her company. Wow. (laughs) That's not a long time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love you, Katie. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So I, you know, I told my husband what I had done. A couple days later, and you know, he he oh is he's amazing. He really just told me, you know, I trust you. So let's let's see what we can do. And it was a learning process, you know, having to change LLCs and transfer from like state to state for like companies. Um, it is a whole different process, but yeah, it was awesome that I already had like the knowledge of shipping and the e-commerce and you know the industry in general. Yeah. And so it was a really smooth process um being able to transfer it over. She was just amazing with, you know, any questions that I had. She was always there. Helpful to have that process be just very easy. One thing that I saw, which was a pattern in regards to the true you and your identity in your brand, is that right off the bat, I did lose a lot of subscribers because Mm -hmm. they weren't bought into who I was or they weren't my target audience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they didn't really like maybe the products that I was choosing or the way I was doing things. But as I've grown, you know, we're past the number that what we started with because I've grown in my audience and in the direction that my company is going now. Yeah. So amazing. I love the Lash Artist Box. I love being able to collaborate with all the, you know, I know you guys know this, getting to talk with all the different brands and collaborate. Like that's, oh, that's one of my favorite things to do. So can you tell us, like if we wanted to sign up for Lash Artist Box, what, what it entails, what we get, how does it work? Yeah. So if you wanted to sign up, we have our IG page, which is Lash Artist Box. We also have a website, www.lashartistbox.com. Um, it's super simple. Uh, basically you go in, you press the very first page to subscribe to the box. Um, it is $55 with free shipping. Um, it is a monthly box. You will get over a hundred dollars worth of product in every box. And so, you know, that's your double your money back and you have free shooting. Um, 
and you could pause it at any time. So it's not like once you sign up, you have to do it for a year. There's actually like a portal where you can go in and you could pause it or you could skip the month or you could cancel it at any time, like with no fees or anything like that. Um, So this month, I think uh, Lashby Pro is in the box. They're going to be featured in this month's box. Love their name. Um, I do too. we have some really, really awesome people coming up in the next couple of boxes. I'm super excited for that. Definitely go check it out. That's super cool. One other thing I wanted to give a shout out is to your podcast. Maybe you could just real quickly just tell people about your podcast and where they can go find it. Because I, I, I love the fact that we see our last industry continue to grow and more people are joining the last podcasting family. So. Yeah. Um, so I started the Lash podcast after doing the Lash Artist Box because I was able to talk to all these different um, people and like I heard their stories and just like I wanted everybody to hear these stories. Yeah. Um, and I was in the perfect position to do so. And so I was like, hey, you know, let's start um, a podcast. So it's called Help is on the Way. Um, me and Chuchi Las, Susanna, Susanna, she's my co-host. Yeah. Love she's, her. she's amazing. We do a podcast once a week um, and they usually come out every Monday. Um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been something that I definitely look forward to every week being able to just, you know, talk with people and hear their stories and their struggles and their, their wins. Um, it's awesome. That's cool. So yeah, go check it out. I think you guys are on all the major platforms, correct? You yeah. can find it. Yeah. We are. Yeah. So, um, go after this, why don't you go check it out right now? Go listen to her podcast. I think they do a great job. It is fun. I, I think that the help us on the way is, um, from Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. <laughs> to have the audio <laughs> clip from that, which is yeah. quite, it's pretty funny. Um, so anyhow, it's very cool. Katie, it's been a delight talking yeah. with you. It's been yeah, really it's, nice it's to so get to know fun. you a little bit better. And I'm so glad that you can inspire our listeners. Yeah. And, uh, look for her at LashCon as always. Katie's back again. And you sponsored every year. Did you do the virtual one? I can't remember if you did, you did virtual too, yeah, right? Yeah, we did. We've done it. We've done it every year. Yeah. Yep. Every year. So She's uh, really a joy, and we're so thankful that you uh, took some time out of your busy day today and hung out with us. Thank you so much, Katie. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys, it's that time again. I'm so sorry, but we are done. We're out of here. We are going home, but thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to please ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Dimple Tusney, as well as our special guest, Katie, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.